Hey, cashiers. We Have the Receipts podcast is coming at you live from Netflix is a Joke Fest in Los Angeles. Chris, are you kidding? No, Netflix is a joke, Courtney, but this is not one of them. Our listeners in LA have the chance to join us for a live recording of our podcast, We Have the Receipts, hosted by me, Chris Burns. And me, Courtney Revolution. Join us and a few surprise guests from your favorite Netflix reality shows on Saturday, May 4th at 1 p.m. at a secret location in Hollywood. To be announced. Get your tickets for the We Have the Receipts live show at todoom.com slash W-H-T-R. That's todoom, T-U-D-U-M dot com slash W-H-T-R. Tickets are limited. If you can't make it to the show, we still want to hear your beautiful voice. Leave us a message at speakpipe.com slash We Have the Receipts. You may even hear your own voice on the show. Grab a ticket at todoom.com slash W-H-T-R. And we'll see you on May 4th in Los Angeles. Bye, cashiers. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is You Can't Make This Up. You Can't Make This Up is the podcast where we uncover the true stories behind your favorite Netflix documentaries and films. I am very excited to tell you about next week's episode about the true crime Netflix documentary, Catching Killers. It's a four-part series looking at the hunt for some of the world's most notorious serial killers. What sets these stories apart from other documentaries covering the same crimes is they're told almost exclusively by the investigators who went after the killers. The investigators provide their insights, their victories, their misgivings, all of it about the cases they have been assigned. Episode one deals with the hunt for Gary Ridgway, who would come to be known as the Green River Killer. He was either convicted or suspected of the murders of up to 71 women in the 1980s and 90s. The realization that we might have a serial killer was overwhelming. It's something we had never dealt with before. We knew at this point we had to ramp up our investigations. We reached out to dozens of law enforcement. I mean, it became evident that we really needed to work together on this. Now, if you remember Charlize Theron's Oscar-winning performance in Monster, then you're familiar with the killer in episode two. We hear from the detectives who went after Eileen Warnos, a rare female serial killer who targeted men. Even though we didn't have enough to charge her with a homicide at that point. Hey, come here, babe. And I said, we got to arrest her on the outstanding warrant under the name of Lori Grody for carrying a concealed firearm. We got to take her down. Honey, don't, man. What's wrong? My name is Investigator Hordeful with the Sheriff's Office of Volusia County Warrants Division. Yeah, I, I ain't got no man. I don't want her to know I'm an undercover cop. I want her to try to talk to me some more. My I ain't got no But I really enjoyed episodes three and four. They're a two-part look at a murder in Oregon's Columbia River Gorge in 1991. We get much of the story from former detective John Ingram, who investigated the case. Well, whoever did it had to be a sick individual because he wanted a, a souvenir of some sort. Unless you're extremely cold-blooded, when you see something like that, it has some effect on you. If it doesn't, in my opinion, you're not human. 
The investigation into Tanya Bennett's murder is filled with unbelievable twists and turns. The break comes from a grandmother who accuses her alcoholic boyfriend of being involved. But the more Laverne Pavlinek talks to the cops, the more she implicates herself in the crime. Laverne and her boyfriend are convicted and it seems like justice is served. That is until a letter arrives from someone with very intimate knowledge of the crime scene and takes credit for the killing and a lot more. So who actually murdered Tanya? Is it the grandmother sitting in prison or the letter writer whose doodles in the margins earn him the nickname the happy face killer? I was completely fascinated by the many, many twists and turns in this case, and I really enjoyed meeting the three people who were key to this story. There was a cop, a prosecutor, and yes, my favorite kind of character, an investigative reporter. He threw a huge monkey wrench into this case. You can also tell that even after all these years, there is no love lost between two of these men. It's like something you would see in a scripted thriller. I got the chance to talk to Alex Emsley, who directed this story. He made his own confession to me that when he dug into the details of this case, he was just as shocked as I was. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think I think as we started to, you know, we had the sort of broad outline of the story when it when I got it. And then as you start to kind of dig into the story and read through the old police reports and really get your research going, it it baffled us to be fair every sort of turn and twist and turn of the events we were going but why why did this happen why did they do this why did she say that why did he say that so it was like a real kind of voyage of discovery for us as well as we were making the film to be honest that's next week on you can't make this up now before we go a couple of weeks ago i asked you to send me your thoughts about the new season of tiger king It seems like Netflix viewers devoured the latest installment in the saga of Joe Exotic and the other colorful characters involved in the big cat trade. Here's what my friend and fellow true crime podcaster Rabia Chaudhry had to say. She says, finished Tiger King season two, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, it looks like Joe is innocent of the charge he's serving time for, though still guilty of harassing and threatening Baskin for years. I was glad to hear him say he knows now what he put his animals through and is sorry. Now, Rabia, you are my friend. I love you, but I'm not sure I agree with you about Joe being innocent. We will have to talk about that. Here's another tweet I saw from Stacey Phillips, who had some very funny observations about the series. This new season of Tiger King is wild, Stacey tweets. This dude, Alan, going for a swim in his sneakers took me out. Yeah, Stacey, it took me out, too. I would love to include your thoughts on the podcast next time about Catching Killers. What did you think about the series? I especially want to know your thoughts on the Happy Face Killer case and the woman who falsely confessed to the murder at the center of the episodes we're talking about next week. Why do you think she did that? Send me a tweet about it at Reb Lavoie. That's R-E-B-L-A-V-O-I-E. I can't wait to hear your hot takes, and I might include them on the podcast. And don't forget to tune in next week for my interview with director Alex Emsley from Catching Killers. I'll see you then. If you like You Can't Make This Up, please rate and review this show and share it with friends. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to the show to stay tuned for all new episodes. 
You Can't Make This Up is a production of Netflix. I'm Rebecca Lavoie. Thanks so much for listening. 